Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez, joined with my co-host, Father David Tickerhoof. And today we are so excited to kick off a series on virtue and vice in the life of, of a person from the perspective of connection. And this has been, I guess, a, a long time coming, even though it was actually a, a recent um, kind of thought the Lord dropped on me. So Father David, welcome. I'm so excited to get after this as we kind of lay out the overview for our oh, listeners. Oh, yeah. For the, that's it. Good morning. Good morning. It's good, good to be morning. with you. Yeah. Thanks. It's yeah. good to be with you. Yeah. <laughs> I got a haircut. So boy, I tell you, that picture looks a lot better than it used to. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. That's, get us going. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, we're going to, so this is the first of, I guess, a series of eight because there are eight virtues and their um and the vices that they get rid of right within us and so um so but before we get into those those will be subsequent shows and this one we want to just talk about laying out kind of this perspective because um as you well know i have frequently gotten aggravated when people talk about um working on getting rid of vice in their life and, um, and, you know, working on developing virtue, not because I don't see the value of that. Obviously those are good things. I think it's, it's the attitude of I'm going to work on it, you know, like as it, you know, which is, can, can be very much like a, it's me doing it. Right. And so then, um, if it starts off with me, one, it's it's not going to be very effective. <laughs> and it, even if any work that that I do progress, I do make in that direction, is going to lead me to a greater place of self reliance, and I'll just become very proud of my humility, <laughs> right? So, um, so obviously we we need to collaborate with the Holy Spirit. But I feel like when we look at that, like the Lord was showing me the other morning from a connection perspective, which I, you and I will get into beating that up here in a bit, then we really have the power for it. Then it's really, it's, it's, it's the difference. It's the difference between going out into the garden to water the garden and spitting through the garden hose on our own, right? My own, that's how much work I can generate is you know, 50 yards of ho- 25, maybe yards of hose, and I'm trying to spit through it. That's how I've decided I'm going to water the garden. Or I could connect it to the spigot <laughs> and that's going to be a, a lot more effective. So it's the difference between our own self-generated, what we're able to accomplish on our own 
compared to really connecting into the Lord so that his Holy Spirit is what's accomplishing that good work within us. So um, it's a, a far different way of um, of approaching stomping out, stamping out vice and um, and really kind of, you know, uh, tending the garden of our soul <laughs> to to foster virtue. That's it, huh? That's it. That's okay. What well, you know, after. you're you're right. It, and uh, I I I'll t I've, I'll tell this a quick story. In the novitiate, we were handed a manual, and then we were told to work on these virtues. And you know, I I really personally did just what you said we shouldn't do. And we, I would work on it on humility and then kindness to the everything. Get out on the football field for recreation, kill each other. <laughs> you know, so you know, basically, it's it's foolish to try to develop human maturity and virtues and integration of human and spiritual integration unless the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is leading the way, and we are doing the following. And Amen. respecting the timing. So what yeah. that means is you live in the grace of the present moment. You're able to recognize that uh, the Holy Spirit is present. And you put that dynamic into practice. And you let those things move forward. Then the practice of virtue becomes a kind of a spiritual joy. Sure, there's painful elements to it. Because we've got to change negative features in our character. But when we stay under the spout where the glory comes out. We have success. When we get away from the spout, we don't have success, Become, but we become very uh, self-centered and sometimes quite irritated with ourselves and badmouth ourselves because we're not being holy like we want to be holy because it's all about us. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So then I'm frustrated that I'm not being more charitable and because of my frustration at myself, then I'm even less charitable. Yeah. Right. You lose other, connection with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If yeah. it starts with me, it's going to end with me, right? If it starts yeah. with the Lord, then it's going to end with the Lord. So that's a that's that's the fundamental difference. The other morning, this was the scripture, and it really struck me. It was the same morning that that um felt like the Lord, you know, kind of dropped on me the idea of doing this series. And it was John 6, 22 to 29. I'll just read it here. The next day, the crowd that remained across the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not gone along with his disciples in the boat, but only his disciples had left. Other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they had eaten the bread when the Lord gave thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum. Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? As Jesus ans answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, what can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answers, answered and said to them, this is the work of God, 
that you believe in the one he sent. And that's, I think, when we, when we look at developing, um, developing virtue and uprooting vice, it's, it's the work of God, right? It's the work of God. And so how do we do that? By believing in the one who he sent. So I think about the word believing, and I, I always think if we're, if we're believing something, we'll be living something, right? So it's not, so when, when the Lord's saying to believe something, it doesn't just mean you would answer true on a true false test, you know, yes, this is true. I believe that. No, it means that we really like order our life accordingly. So for example, I, I believe in the law of gravity. So in order to stay safe, I don't jump off of tall buildings, right? I believe that if I get hit by a car, that could do bodily damage to me. And so I don't walk out into oncoming traffic, you know? So if we're believing in the one who he sent, that's believing in the Lord. And so, so that's really like the foundation of that connection. So, so who are we to him, right? It all goes back to our identity that we're chosen by the Lord that we're known by him more intimately than we could ever know ourselves, that we're valued completely, pours himself out for us, poured himself out for us, pours himself out for us continually in the sacraments and in grace and mercy and, and then protects and provides for us throughout our lives and throughout eternity, right? We'll experience that. And so, so if we're believing those things, then we'll be living those things. And so as we kind of like, live into those things, into those truths, and those become more and more and more the, the truth in my life, then it, it edges out these other things, right? These other um, faulty ways of thinking just naturally get squeezed out, right? Because they can't, they're, they're diametrically opposed so oftentimes, you know, feeling that we're not chosen, that we're overlooked, that we're ignored, that we're insignificant, or that we're completely and totally we were where we were brought into existence because God chose us to to come into this world. He thought eternity and and all of um, the world and creation wouldn't be complete without a Father David Tikarov, and so that's why he made you right. And so so you know you were chosen before you were even even born. That's that's why you know. The Lord mm -hmm. conceived you before your parents conceived you, right? And so, and then that's true for each one of us. So then the the concept that I'm insignificant just gets right. The more I I it, nature abhors a vacuum, right? So I can't just get rid of the idea that I'm insignificant. I have to fill that space with let the Lord fill it with the truth of the fact that He chose me to to bring me into existence, right? or any of the factors of connection that were known perfectly by him more intimately than we, we could ever know ourselves, that were valued so completely and perfectly protected and provided for. Those things squeeze out these other faulty notions or lies that we actually end up taking on from painful experiences sometimes. Then I uh, make a couple comments here. First of all, I think we we sort of assume naturally that grace doesn't touch anything about our nature. There's two things going on when actually 
God's presence in his active and dynamic love is in our human beingness. And in, in Romans 12, uh, 1 to 3, the scripture says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed mm. by the renewal of your mind. So therefore mm. you start opening to be transformed so that you may know what is good and what is pleasing and what is perfect. Well, well then you make choices humanly uh, with your human nature to change certain behaviors and it works. Mm -hmm. And so that's just transformation of the mind really becomes important for uh, opening to doing God's will and waiting upon his presence and receiving his anointing and understand his communication and his teaching demands that we have a, a uh, an attitude and spirit of prayer that's open to, open to the insights that lead us into this process of transformation and enables us to live in the grace of the present moment. Because if we're always living in the past and I should have, I should have, I could have, I would have, I should have, you know, we're living in the past and there's no grace there. Mm. If we go to the future and say, this is the way I'm going to handle this person now when I go uh, and have lunch and I'm going to tell them and we have this plan ourselves and we haven't taken it to prayer and discernment, we're going to get in a big fight. And so the key is to live in the grace of the present moment to be open to the work of the Holy Spirit and, and to know and make choices that integrate human and spiritual integration into the thinking, decisions, and choices so that when we have a good uh, lunch meeting, it's a pleasant and good and honest communication. That's great. I, I love what you're saying about like that fundamentally it starts when you're saying from a place of prayer, it starts from that like they always say that the soul is whether male or female, the soul is fundamentally receptive, right. In, in our relationship to the Lord, because he's the initiator. Yeah. Right. And so it starts with that receiving our identity in him. Obviously responding to grace, responding even inherent in that concept is that we're collaborating, right. We're working with God in collaborating with the, with his grace, but we have to receive it first. And a lot of times like we're ready to rush out the door and get to work on the doing, but we haven't gotten the being taken care of. Oh, good point. Right. We have to receive our identity. Can't just like, yep, got it, Lord, ready to go. <laughs> like, no, takes longer than that. How, think of how many times, how much energy we spend mulling over the negative things, right? Do we spend yeah. that, right? The, the yeah. erroneous messages we get from how people out of their own pain or brokenness or indigestion or whatever the case might be, yeah. how they relate to us. Right. And how much yeah. time we spend mulling those things over and really absorbing them. Like, do we spend as much time like absorbing the truth of who we are yeah. to the Lord, you know, and, and really receiving that. So as it permeates us more and more, then we're really able to let you know, we're connected to the spigot and we're able to let the Holy Spirit flow yeah. through us. Right? If if we're connected to our negativity, we're thinking of all the things we're going to say at the lunch meeting and I'll tell them this and this and that, and I'm going to do this and this and that. And we go to the lunch meeting and it, we're coming from our flesh, ourself, our wounded nature, the hurt. And we're not coming from the anointing and flow of the living waters of grace that gently shows us the truth and mercy. And how does the truth 
opens the door to receive mercy. And if we listen, we get a new plan, a new understanding. We go to the lunch meeting and we present a good introduction about what, what I experienced in a way in which isn't condemning or accusing or anything. And by gosh, grace works in the other person. And those two things connect up and we have good communication. And there is a result of uh, success and provision and deepening in our relationship. Yeah, I think just on the on the natural, like the way that that works is because when we've received that from the Lord, then we're start I always use this analogy, but you know, we start with our needle on full instead of on empty. So then when I come to talk to you about how something you did or didn't do frustrated me, it, it's not like all my eggs are in that basket of how you respond, right? Like right. my value is not contingent on your response. I've already received my value from the Lord and gotten myself re-grounded in that. So then in talking to, to you, I'm able to um, to do it in a present whatever idea in a way um, where it's what I'm really focusing in on is our ability to connect and, and to clear the air and that kind of thing. I'm not, I'm not trying to throttle you to get my sense of worth out of yeah. you agreeing, you know, with whatever. In other words, you're coming from your true self. Yes. Ex very. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love that. Perfect. Let me see. There's another scripture here I want to share. This is from Ezekiel. Chapter 36, verse 27. <clears throat> Excuse me. I will put my spirit within you and make you live by my statutes. Careful to observe my decrees. Right? I mean, that's the essence of it, right? That's the essence oh, sure. of living in virtue. But, yeah. it, but how does it happen? Because the Lord will put his spirit within us it's the holy spirits that who is the sanctifier not margaret vasquez or who, whatever individual right so if you're chosen the fruit of that is belonging and if you understand your belonging how do you respond that you respond out of the person that you belong you have a secure identity and you have a sense of what you should bring forth and it moves out in a way which is positive. So then what you're coming from, you're coming from uh, in, in your communication with the other person, you're coming from a position of strength, uh, which is peace and calm and compassionate. And then you're able to relate to the other person, not from your negativity or your hurt or your wounds or you're ticked off or whatever, you're really coming out of the flow of grace and the best of choices in human nature, and you're bound to have progress. And then before you know it, you and the other person have a sense of belonging to each other. Yeah. Because the, if you both accept your identity as, as actually belonging, chosen by the Lord, then now you have the graces of belonging are being fostered in the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. It's good for married couples too. It's good for married couple. It's it's good for people living in community, <laughs> right? It's good for I I just love having that common view of um of connection so and and understanding what those principles are so that then 
when two people relate to each other, whether it's a work relationship, community relationships, you know, spouses, whatever the case might be, parents and children, we know what each other needs, right? And yeah. and we know that that the Lord is our source of that. And then to relate to ourselves in those ways, we've done other shows breaking these concepts down more, but we'll get into them as we're getting yeah. into each one of the specific virtues yeah. and vices. But when, when we start from that place, we have a common rules of engagement, right? Yeah. And, right. and then we, we start from the fundamental premise that, that we're, that connection to each other is a value. And so we're sitting down at the table to talk, knowing that we want connection with each other. There's a shared yeah. goal. There are shared rules of engagement. Yeah. And and you're already ahead of the game instead of I'm here to tell this person how I'm right and they're wrong, yeah. <laughs> right? And, yeah, or how and much it, you've been hurt and and you're you're mad about it and you're gonna you know all that kind of stuff and it, and and it just doesn't pay off because you're not living in the flow of grace and connection. You're living in the flow of confrontation without grace. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can kind of picture it like um like spokes on a on a wheel and the lord is the hub of the wheel you know he's in the center and we're spokes and as we're seeking to be more and more connected to him we're naturally going to become more connected to each other that's naturally going to happen it's naturally going to be a lot smoother as we're seeking to to do that mm -hmm. of course we have to remain connected to ourselves where we're not beating ourselves up putting ourselves down being overly critical perfectionistic with ourselves and really run, overextending ourselves you know negative self-talk all the different kind of things um that just leads to depression that's all yeah and 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 really frustration right frustration because um because we're not perfect <laughs> there's always room for growth so if right. i'm if i'm saying my value is only if i'm perfect in this way well not going to feel like I have a lot of value, right? So, but we know that we are valued completely and totally. We we never could be valued more. That love is is the love of God, and there's nothing more. God is love. It's the most transformative power in the universe. It's when we receive yeah. that value. So if we make perfectionism and identity the same thing, we're in trouble. Mm -hmm. We're operating out of our false self. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then it becomes, you know, so much hinges on that then, right? Then I have to, I have to be right. I have to be viewed as right. I have to, you know, I've kind of like made that my okayness is contingent on that instead of I started off with being totally okay because I'm perfectly loved by the God of the universe of, you know, of for all time and eternity and so we, we become vulnerable in a sense, in a positive sense. This quick story. Mm -hmm. I remember a priest came to the where I was a, a couple of years ago and gave a beautiful talk. And the people were on their feet clapping and clapping and clapping. And he was talking about another friend of his, an old man. And when he was talking, he was crying. Mm -hmm. And when I talked to people after the talk, I said, well, what did you like about the talk? They didn't say all the smart things he said, and he said a lot of smart things. What they said is he had he had the humility to show his vulnerability yeah. and his love and his tenderness and his mercy. Right. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's people remember our, you know, I, I think we're, people are more impressed um, by being than doing, right? It's, right. It, it really gets our attention because I think it's something that we sadly like so seldom yeah. see. He was in, more concerned with his being right. than his doing. Mm -hmm. So he was able to be he felt safe enough yeah. <laughs> to be vulnerable, to, yeah, be, to step out kids, courageously. Uh, 500 people were there to talk. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, same with the, with the being, the Lord comes and, and doesn't say anything about the 10 commandments. He, he talks about the beatitudes because when we get the being right, the doing takes care of itself. The doing flows for living the beatitudes will be, be checking off all the boxes for the Ten Commandments. Boy, mm -hmm. that's for sure. It's uh, the Beatitudes or Jesus' organiza spiritual organization plan for the New Covenant. Mm. I'm throwing some theology at you. <laughs> I love that. The spiritual organization plan for the New Covenant. Covenant. Could meditate on that alone. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time now. <laughs> oh, no. No. Yeah. You know, I love I you maybe you know where it is, but I know it's in the words of the mass of um in the Eucharistic prayer, but there's a line that I just always I find so beautiful. Um and we're praying, let's see, to the Father, or the priest is praying to the Father and says, May he, meaning Jesus, may he make us an everlasting gift to you with you being the father. And I just, I've always been struck by that line. And I just think oh, that's it's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, it's oh, just yeah. like, that's the point of, that's the point of getting out of bed in the morning. That's the purpose <laughs> of life. That's like the point of all eternity is yeah. to be an everlasting gift to the father. But it doesn't say may, um, please give me the strength to make myself an everlasting gift to you. Yeah. Right. No. right. And it says, may does, he make and us. And Jesus says, no one can come to me unless they come. No one can go to the father unless they come through me and John John's. And what happens is we then get the experience of the father's heart, his tender, loving mercy in Jesus comes to us through Jesus. And then the father is our father and it, our identity is rooted in this relationship that's right that's beautiful that is beautiful mm -hmm. that is beautiful and it takes a lot of the pressure off right it takes a lot of the oh, pressure yeah. off the holy spirit is the sanctifier it's jesus who's going to make us an everlasting gift to the father you know i remember in theology they said um they would say lex arande lex credende so the church prays according to what the church believes so if if that's how we're what's being prayed at mass may he make us an everlasting gift to you then that means that's what the church believes that that he's the sanctifier not me so he's right. the one who's got to do this work of transformation because it's way above my pay grade you know that's right yeah so so what do we do we we allow those truths to transform us it doesn't mean i can keep doing my same old broken down ways of relating but as that as truth and truth as a person 
yeah. right? Jesus is church. Sure. Yeah. Is that transforms me. And I, the more, I mean, just think about it, right? If we feel really loved and really approved of, we're just much more, we're much less likely to be jerks. Yeah. Right. Right. On one hand, we, we don't, we're not afraid of vulnerability. That's right. And on the other hand, we're not a jerk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Those are two good things. <laughs> you know, in counseling, there's a um, an approach to therapy that's widely, probably, arguably the most widely like accepted, uh, and it's called CBT. It stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And the idea behind it is that when we have faulty beliefs, then it, it leads to um, to difficult emotions, and then that flows out into um, dysfunctional behavior, right? Yeah. So the doing flows out, that negative doing flows out of negative being, right? And so what, what you actually do in that therapy is you, you really dig down into what is that faulty belief? What are those what are those faulty thoughts that a person has that's then leading to this negative emotional state that then's flowing out into this dysfunctional behavior and um, cognitive behavioral, right? Thoughts to leads to behavior passes, passes through the emotions. And so, so this is essentially like, rather than just trying to like, okay, let me um, kind of play whack-a-mole with, you know, do you, do you remember that game? There's a, at a fair, they have this game called whack-a-mole and um, a lot of times you'll see these at boardwalks or something, you know, it's a game you put a quarter in and you have this big padded hammer nice. kind of thing, no big padded hammer and you're, oh. you're, and there's this little mole and it like pops up out of this hole. When it does, you have to try to whack it on the head. It's a plastic kind of thing, right? And if you bonk it down, then it pops up out of another hole and you try to whack it. It's always finding another hole is maybe seven or eight holes and it's popping up out of. And, and I think we can, we can take that approach where it's, you know, we're playing whack-a-mole like, oh, here's a vice. Let me try to smash it down. Well, guess what it's going to do? Pop up. That's pop up out of another hole. I mean, some, some I'm going to be developing another vice if I'm not dealing with what's really what's really operative behind that. And so um, that's why I really love the, the concept of digging into those factors of connection because they really are, I've seen consistently over 17 years as a therapist, those are the conditions under which we thrive. And so, and we know that that's how the Lord relates to us again, yeah. that we're chosen, known, valued. Our boundaries are protected. We're protected and provided for. The Lord sets his boundaries of protection and provision for us. So we can really like take a proactive instead of reactive approach by really just constantly like drilling down into the those truths and receiving them, letting them transform how we relate to ourselves. And so then because God's infinite and we're finite, there's going to be way more love than we could ever possibly right. ask for, imagine, or contain. And that's what's going to flow out to my neighbor. Yeah, it's a good, and you, you have good feelings and good vibes with the presence of grace when that kind of intimacy is occurring. Okay. I'm going and to then quote. You, then you come out of your true self 
and you're not don't you know you're not slamming the ball down hitting the ball with a hammer and it pops up somewhere else <laughs> yeah. in a negative way you know right yeah or because it's just a it becomes utterly frustrating yeah i'm going to quote dr bob shoots and i'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with him does a lot in jp2 healing center down in tallahassee and um and a uh, healing ministry and and dr bob has a um he has this image that he uses of a tree and he says that the when the roots of that tree is the person right when our roots are security when we have a sense of security in our life then as we develop then that trunk is maturity and then the fruit that comes from our lives is purity and um and i i just really love looking at the even if we grew up or had experiences in our life where we didn't have security where we were lacking a sense of security is our absolute greatest source of security is god's love and that connection to him again chosen amen, amen to that protected and provided for so so we just dig our roots down into that you know roots drive deeper and deeper looking for minerals and water and that yeah. kind of thing and so as that happens then then we we naturally mature and that outflow to others in our lives is the fruit of it is purity you know purity of charity or whatever virtue yeah because being is more important than doing when as we far get the, as identity is concerned. Yeah. Well, and when we get the being right, we don't even have to focus on the doing. It'll flow, you know? Yeah. That sense of, of the flow. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. It's all good stuff. It takes a while to get it uh, balanced out and... Uh, Hey, perfection is not the name of the game, but the mistakes actually in grace can lead you to more uh, maturity and accomplishing the development of a virtue. It's a power mm. and a grace. So mistakes are not bad things that you have to fear. It's just that you have to be realistic and know what to do and that being has the priority over doing. Yeah. And yeah. God has the priority to give us the grace to change. And our efforts apart from grace are not very fruitful. They work, but they're not very fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of St. Therese's little way, right? Mm -hmm. Focusing yeah, on love. You know? That's the, that's one of the big successes of the little flower. Do great, th do little things with great love. Right. But it has to start from receiving that love. Absolutely. First, right. Yeah, the, the, the vessel has to be ready to receive that love. And if they're not prepared by receiving love and accepting love and the love of others, then they're not going to be able to receive that love. Yeah. So it, it, the human effort is important in terms of being and in terms of loving and giving in, in difficult circumstances. It, but it's when myself is rooted in the spiritual joy of the intimacy of God's love in my heart. Amen. That's why it's Sacred Heart Healing Ministries. It's all about it, love. There you go. It's really. That's why great. we do healing. That's why we do healing. And that's why I'm such a fan of Blessed John Duns Scotus. 
you know, I have to bring SCOTUS in if we're talking about that. So for those of you who aren't Franciscan, hang in there. We're all going to be Franciscan in heaven. But blessed John Dunn SCOTUS says that he was a Franciscan philosopher and and he um, held to the belief that even if man had never sinned, Jesus still would have come to manifest the Father's love for us. Hallelujah. And, amen. That's why the incarnation is so important. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, right? Yeah. And so um, it's just so beautiful. I, I love that concept of SCOTUS because it's it's always about God as the initiator. Jesus wasn't God's mop-up plan for how we blew it, you know. Because we sinned. That's right, right. It, it, it was God's plan to come anyhow because he wants to be one with us. Right. To reveal love the invisible is the name God. of the game. Yeah. And then it flows out of us as compassion. Compassion. Mm -hmm. Love under transformation. Yeah, because first we take on that mind of compassion, right? Taking on the mind of Christ even towards ourselves, yeah. right? One of compassion. Mm -hmm. So that, then that becomes my, my mode of operating. And so then I operate out of a mode of compassion to my neighbor. True self. True self. <laughs> True self. <laughs> yeah. This has calm, been so calm, great. Compassion. It's calm. It's it's peace, calm, and compassion are the that's three right. features of the true self. Well, you know, and in, well, and confidence in there. I throw that's a I'm glad you brought that up because I think that um that it's really like the word confident break down the latin so con means with and fide means faith so so we're acting in faith faith in god not faith in ourselves yeah. right so many yeah. times people are like oh i'm lacking in in self-confidence we don't even have to focus on self-confidence if our, the more our confidence is in the lord yeah the the more all of the rest falls into place there's no room for fear because perfect love casts out That's all right. fear yeah. Thank uh, you for this conversation. Yeah, you had some good ideas here this morning. Uh, <laughs> likewise, I think the Holy Spirit has good ideas. So. Uh, well, so for our listeners, if you want to get in touch with Father David or myself, you can reach us at sacredhearthealingministries.com. Happy to come to your place and do workshops on human and spiritual integration and theology of connection, theology of relationships, or to do parish healing missions. Um, I'm also a trauma therapist. I do intensive outpatient trauma therapy here in Steubenville, Ohio. And um, Father David, it's just been so good to be with you. We both have books up on Amazon, Father David's book, Evangelizing Catholic Culture. My book's more than words, the freedom to thrive after trauma and fearless, abundant life through infinite love. So um, know that you remain in our prayers and we're so grateful that you stopped by to listen to us and we're going to continue this series. We're going to go through each one of the, the virtues and how that relates to connection and how dr drawing closer into connection to the Lord um, makes a, us a fruitful garden for virtue, for the Lord's grace. So thanks again for joining us and may the Lord give you peace. 
Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.